This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. And a good near of Shabbos to you. I'm Mashi Lipsker. This is Chai FM 101.9 Chai FM. Delighted to be with you on this Erev Shabbos, Parshas Vayishlach. We are in the second of the second half of the 12 Parshas of the Book of Bereshis. And all of these six of the second half deal with the patriarch Jacob, with Yaakov Avinu. And we, the Jewish nation, actually come directly from Yaakov. Yaakov had 12 sons, the 12 tribes of Israel. Each one of us traces our lineage back to one of those sons, whether the son of Leah or Rachel or Bilha or Zilpah, all of them, the 12 upright tribes of the patriarch Israel, the patriarch Jacob. Now, Yaakov was born and given that name Jacob. When he was born, he was called Yaakov. In fact, we're told that uh, who named him Yaakov? Hashem himself named him Yaakov. And although there seems to be a reason, a physical reason for why he was called Yaakov, obviously everything is with divine providence. Everything is by the hand of God. And Yaakov, the name, has a divine special meaning. There comes a point in the Parsha where the birth name is now um, replaced, but not really replaced, where the birth name is now going to be elevated, as it were, but not replaced. And the Pasuk in the 32nd chapter of Breshit says, Vayoy love mash mecha. The angel turns to Jacob. It is the angel of Esau, of Esau. And Jacob has been wrestling with him. And he says to him, what is your name? Vayoymer Yaakov. He says, my name is Jacob. And the angel says to him, Vayoymer lo Yaakov yeomer oichimcha. Your name will not be called, will not be said anymore as Yaakov. He says, from now on, ki im Yisrael, instead, you will be Yisrael, Israel. And the reason for that is, ki sorisa, for you have wrestled, im elokim v'im anashim vatuchal. You've wrestled with the angel, you've wrestled with people, and you have been victorious. And what is this all about? The angel is revealing to him that at a later stage, he is going to be called Yisrael, not Yaakov. When the Malach sees, when the angel sees that he cannot overcome Jacob, he says to him, you'll no longer be called Jacob. And Rashi explains, Jacob is the name 
of indirect, the name of trickery, the name that Esau, his brother, explains that he is a trickster. In fact, when Esau came in to receive the blessings and Isaac, Yitzchak says, no, I've already given the blessings. He says, what? He says, you didn't call him Yaakov for nothing. He has tricked me twice. He has taken away my birthright, and now he has stolen my blessings. He is a real He's tricked me twice. And although the name was seemingly given at birth, because he was born, as it were, holding on to the heel of his brother, Asaph. Asaph was born first, and he was born, as it were, the second one of the two, the, the second twin was born holding on to his brother's heel, and so they called him Heel, Yud Heel. The Yud, and then the word a cave. Nevertheless, there's another meaning to the word, and that is that he tricked. And that's what Esau, his brother, said to his father. He's a trickster. He is someone who goes about things in an indirect manner. When the angel said, your name will no longer be called Yaakov, they will no longer say that you took the blessings through trickery, through ambushing, through slyness, through finding a way around something. Instead, you will now be called Yisrael, which is a far more direct name. And what Esau had said previously to his father Yitzchak, when Jacob came to get the blessings, he disguised himself. He was doing, as it were, a Yaakov act. He disguised himself. He made his body hairy. He wore his brother's garments. And Esau says, hmm, you didn't call him Yaakov for nothing. He has tricked me twice. But now, the angel says to Yaakov, your name will no longer be called Yaakov. Your name will be called Yisrael. From now on, they're going to call you Israel. And Rashi there says, the name Israel is the name of Sroro, sovereignty, from the word Sar, a leader, a ruler. Sroro vegilui ponim, direct, nothing through the back door. Now, says the angel, I openly declare that the blessings came to you, you deserve them, and it's official. You didn't steal them. You're now getting them, as it were, directly. And why? He says, because you have wrestled with angels and with man. Angels? Well, he was wrestling with the angel of Esau. And man, 
wrestling, as it were, struggling, first with Lavan, Lavan, his father-in-law, who tried so many times to trick him, to swindle him. And Yaakov managed to come out on top. And now you have wrestled with the angel. And both times you have been successful. So that's the seemingly, uh, that's the storyline. That's what we see at the outset. But the angel says to him, I now admit to you, this is the angel of Esau, which is the energy, the power, the source of Esau, as it were. You now directly earned to have those blessings. I admit it will no longer be said that you got them through trickery. You got them officially. You got them honestly. You earned them. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. So, Yaakov is renamed Yisrael, and yet we find that onward he is referred to many times as Jacob. One name did not replace the other, unlike with Abraham, our patriarch. When Hashem said, your name will no longer be called Avram, Abram, from now on you will be called Avraham, Abraham. The Gemara comments that whoever calls Avraham by his previous name, Avram, is transgressing. In other words, Abraham went up a level and his name replaced his previous name, Abram. But somehow, the name Israel, although it's a name of being direct of being the prince, of being the sovereign and the ruler, does not seem to totally replace the name Yaakov, the name Jacob. Although it's a clear passage in the Torah that says, your name will no longer be called Jacob, nevertheless, many, many passages will still call him Jacob, even though his name has been changed. And the Rebbe explains that both names apply to the nation and to each individual at all times. Each one is a different way of approaching, of serving the Lord. Two different approaches in the Avoidas Hashem, the divine service that a Jew needs to perform on a regular basis. And both approaches exist at all times. Sometimes we need to be the Jacob, and sometimes we need to be the Israel. Sometimes we need to use the power of the approach of Jacob, of Yaakov. And at other times, we need to use the approach of Israel. The approach of Jacob. The approach of Jacob and the approach of Israel. Both of them need to be used to make this world a dwelling place for God himself. That is the mission for which we have been put into this world. The soul has come down into this world to refine the world, to use the world, to transform the world into a comfortable dwelling place for the creator himself. And we must use the world 
We mustn't shrink. We mustn't hide. We must proudly step forth and live life the way God intended. For it was God who created nature. God who created our feelings, our tendencies, our ability to rise above our weaknesses. And sometimes we need to serve him in the one way, the way of Jacob, and other times in the way of Israel. Let's talk about Jacob for a moment. Yaakov. Yaakov is when we need to approach life not in a direct manner. Well, you cannot sense or see that this is a direct mitzvah. As we're trying to make a dwelling place for Hashem in this world, and we need to use the Yaakov approach, Yaakov hides his agenda. He's not only always screaming from the rooftops, mitzvah, mitzvah, mitzvah. There's a gentleness. There's an ability to come down to the level of the person, of the situation, and to put oneself into that situation. The other one doesn't have to feel that you have some sort of goal in mind and you're shouting that goal all the time. Of course, at the end, Yaakov achieves his goal. Let's look at the example of a parent and a child. A parent can constantly be saying, eat your food because it's a mitzvah. Go to sleep because it's a mitzvah. There has to be a relationship of love, of patience, of laughter, of a natural flow. We must be in nature. We must be joining the nature of the child to help the child feel comfortable, to take the child to the next level. And at the end... The mother's goal, the parent's goal, is realized. But it has to be done slowly, patiently, and in a sense, wearing the garments of Esau. In other words, dressed as the man of the field, going out into the field to do the field work. And a child isn't raised in an hour or a day. It is slow work. Similarly to teachers, they have to enter into the world of the child and use rewards. Bribery? No, rewards, as the Rambam says. The Rambam says it clearly. Offer an incentive. Connect with where the person is at. The Rambam says you put the nuts on the table, as it were, in those days, and you say, read for me and I'll give you these nuts. There needs to be an incentive in life, especially when you're starting down at the ground level, which is the heel, the bottom of the foot. And that perhaps is why the Jewish women have the name of Bet Yaakov. When Hashem, before giving the Torah, said to Moses, Thus shall you speak to the house of Jacob, Rashi, comments. Rashi, our foremost commentator on the Chumash, on the Torah, says, Elu Hanoshim, these are the women. Yes, it's the women who need to walk that extra mile. The women who need to live 
in nature. Our matriarchs grounded our patriarchs. It was Sarah who kneaded the dough, who lit the candle. She was the one who made the home. And you don't make a home by waving a magic wand. It is hard trucking. It is hard trekking. You've got to keep going. And that is the work of the Yaakov. Similarly, in business, one goes into business and one needs to work and work in the ways of the Torah, which is an ethical system of how you deal in business. And we need to eat and we need to sleep. This is the Yaakov approach. The eating, the intention is what's important. As with raising our children, the intention is what's important, but they don't have to hear about it all the time. The intention is when we eat to have strength, to pray, strength to do the Torah and its mitzvahs, which incorporate our interaction between man and man in a decent way, in a gentle way, in a way which is the Yisrael shining through the Yaakov as we'll soon speak. And that's why we eat. We eat to have strength. We eat to be healthy. We eat to be able to serve Hashem. And sleeping, the same thing. It's not because I am tired or because my work is done. It is because I need to rest so that I have the strength to serve the Creator in everything that I do. I have a tremendous responsibility being in this world, and I have to take care to make sure that I have the strength to do what I need to do. I have been created to serve my Creator, and I need to make sure that I keep body and soul together in a healthy way to do that. It's totally different to I'm eating because I enjoy it. I'm sleeping because, hmm, that's what I want to do. And we see that also with people who need to go out to work. They have to eat on the run. They have to sleep and get up early and go to work. This is because they want to earn in order to be able to provide for their families. But when we want to earn, when a Jew goes to business, there are two primary reasons that he wants to earn. The one is so that he can perform the mitzvahs, particularly the mitzvah of tzedakah, of charity. He's going to work so that he has the wherewithal to support his family and to support other poor families and to support the yeshiva and the community. We are the builders, the builders with our eye on holiness, carrying out the mission, but we do it in a clever way. We do it in a way where it takes a lot of cave, a lot of input, a many, many steps, as the word cave means the heel, the bottom of the foot. We put the very energy of our body, the low energy, our hands, our feet, 
into getting the mission accomplished. Why else does a Jew go to work in order to have the wherewithal to educate his children, to send them to the best yeshivas, to make sure that they have the best programs in order to capture them, in order to inspire them, in order to take them to the level where they will be proper community leaders, where they will shape the world in a way of morals and values, caring and God consciousness. And that's the Yaakov. That's us living within the laws of nature and yet with our eye on a goal, a goal to bring holiness and spirituality into everything that we do everything that we encounter in God's world. Very often, we have to do it in a way where we do it b'mirma. We trick, as it were, the other. But it's like when the mom tries to serve the food and the baby just wants to throw it on the floor and the baby closes his mouth. He's not going to eat. And suddenly mom's making an airplane woo, to get the food into the child's mouth. What kind of airplane? Eat your food. It's good for you. But there are no, nothing, no stone unturned. We'll go to every length to see, to distract, in order to achieve the goal that the child should eat. And similarly, we keep our eye on the goal, even if it seems to be the opposite, opposite of the will of the other, the will of the child at the moment, we actually wear the garments of Esav. We do whatever it takes in the external way in order to carry out our mission to make this world a God-conscious place, directly and indirectly. On the other hand, there's also Israel. Who is Israel? Who is Israel? That's the direct approach. When we sit at the Pesach Seder, it's the Pesach Seder. Yisrael does not conceal his intention. He uses everything he finds in the world directly to do a mitzvah. And he doesn't have to be astonished, impressed. He doesn't have to be... um put his intention on the side because of the world. He doesn't have to find a sneaky way to carry out his mitzvah. We are not Muranos in the Israel form. We are sovereigns. We are a sar. We are doing things in a way of strength, Jewish pride in a direct sort of way. And we don't become phased by what's out there. We directly use everything to do the mitzvah of Hashem. And, of course, that incorporates the way a Jew dresses. He's proud to frame his soul in royal garments, garments that bring dignity. That is a direct way of being a Yisrael. He is proud to say, I am a Jew. I am... We... we Understand, we are born Jews. We live as Jews. That is the truth. 
We don't have to hide the truth. Daniel Pearl. I was born a Jew. Father was a Jew. My mother was a Jew. That's me. And in truth, that is the Yisrael that the angel now concedes to. He says, your name is going to be Yisrael. And when the angel concedes, he says, why did you deserve this name, Yisrael? Because you have gone through the Yaakov experiences and you have done them successfully. You have wrestled with angels and with man. Who are the angels? The angels, well, the angels can also be considered the forces of nature. For there are aspects of this world that Hashem directs their power to come through certain things that we call nature. Even though God created the world, we don't see that. We see that the clouds form and the rain comes down. We see the wind blows and the leaves scatter. We see the seasons come and go. And that's because that's how God wants it. He made something of a concealment called nature. He wants us to work through the natural order of things. They seem to have power, for he invests his power in them that we deal directly in a natural way. They hide the creator. You don't recognize, you don't see God in the world. You see the forces of nature, the rules of nature, but they are God. And although godliness is concealed in the world, the angel says, you have wrestled with angels, meaning with the forces of nature. You've also wrestled with people who mock and make fun of someone who keeps a mitzvah. That's us. There are times when we are mocked, times when the question is asked, what in the world do you want to do this for? If you don't work on Shabbos, you'll never earn a living. If you don't dress like everybody else, they'll think you're a schlepper. If you don't send your child to the schools they send their children to, they will say, your child will never amount to much. And then the angel says, you have wrestled with. The angels and you have wrestled with man. Your name is now Israel. You don't become phased by anything, not by the forces of nature, and not by people who make fun of you. Instead, Vatuchal, you win. You overpower them. You aren't phased by them. You keep your Torah, you keep your mitzvahs, you walk straight, and you actually elevate them as well to holiness and spirituality. You become a Tsar over them. Yisrael, you are now a Tsar. The word Sinresh inside Yisrael means a ruler. Not only don't you take any notice of them, aren't you deterred by them, aren't you faced by them, but at the end, they admit to you that the blessings are yours. You deserve them. You must get them directly. Ultimately, 
they come to help you to finish the job in your godly service. We'll be right back after this short break. This is Conversations with Mashi Lipsker. And so each one of us has times in our life when we need to be the one or the other. The truth is that inside every Yaakov, there is a Yisrael. Each one of us, each one of us as part of the nation, is known to contain, is known to have three special attributes. Compassionate, Rachmonim, humble, Baishonim, and benevolent, Goim Chasodim. Although we have the compassion and we carry it out by acting on it, it could sometimes make us arrogant to say, I gave, I did, I raised, I earned. The middle midah, the middle attribute is Baishonim, humble. A Jew is constantly aware that all his strength, all his cleverness, every bit of his ability, every breath that he takes at every millisecond is a direct gift from Hashem. And therefore, that humility brings tremendous, tremendous connection, awareness. And when you're connected, the blessings flow on that connection. I heard a story last night. Although many of you might have been there, I want to repeat it. And it's a story about a family that lived at the edge of a forest. And in the forest, there were all sorts of dangerous, dangerous situations. And as the father raised his child, he would tell him, don't go into the forest without me. Don't go there on your own. It's not a place you want to be on your own. Only if you go together with me. And initially, the little boy listened. But then he got a little bit bigger, and he got a bit mischievous and adventurous. And he decided to wander out into the forest. And he went once and twice, and he came home before his father saw, as it were, he thought. And nothing happened to him. And he became bolder, and he went in there for longer, and the father became concerned. What if, God forbid, something would happen to him? And so, one day, child's out in the forest for a long time. The father got himself a bear suit, a bear costume, and he went into the forest, and he found the child, and he hid behind the child, and suddenly... He came out growling and roaring, and the child got a fright, and he began to run, and the father made it as if he was running after him, threatening. The child kept looking back. The bear is following him, and eventually the bear catches him, picks him up, and he's carrying him, and the child begins to scream, Tati, Tati, father, save me! The bear holds on to him tightly, and he screams again and again, Save me, save me! Father doesn't put him down. The bear doesn't put him down. 
And eventually, eventually, interestingly, the father, the bear, carries him home, takes off the bear suit, and the child can't believe it. He says, Tati, what were you doing? I was so scared. And the father sat him down and he said, he said, number one, I wanted to show you that it's a dangerous world. But number two, I also want to tell you that when there's danger, Hashem is always with you. It might look like there's a bear catching you, but the one sending the bear is really Hashem. And if you call out, Hashem will save you. He will bring you home. And he will take off the facade that the world was so strong, that the bear was so scary. And you will see only Hashem. Each one of us has many bears in our lives. We go places perhaps we shouldn't. We say things we shouldn't. We do things we shouldn't. And ultimately we get caught. And we don't know how we're going to get out of the clutches of that bear. But the truth is that Hashem himself has sent the bear. He's in the bear in order to save us from something worse, in order to bring us home. We must constantly know that there's nothing too scary, too dangerous, too far gone that doesn't have Hashem's presence. In every Yaakov experience, when we're out in the world and it's uphill, we're raising our children and it's not working. We're trying to earn a living and it's just not going our way. When our relationships, God forbid, our health, God forbid, our sustenance, God forbid, our children, God forbid, are not the way we want them to be, the way they should be, the way Hashem wants it to be. We need to remember that in every challenge, Hashem is there. He is the bear. And all we need to do is to cry out to him. So we're doing the Yaakov work. We're walking through being a marriage partner or looking for a marriage partner, being a parent, being a grandparent, being a child to a parent, being a sibling, trying to keep our bodies healthy, trying to earn a living for the right reasons in order to make this world a better place, in order to show kindness and care and goodness to others. Yes, a certain amount to our family, but not to overdo it because that just makes them entitled We rather need to empower them because, you know, when you earn it, you care about it, you treasure it, you nurture it. When it's given to you, you don't appreciate it. You squander it. It doesn't have the same value. Let's give our children the ability. Let's give them a balanced upbringing. But we have to be involved with them. That's the Yaakov work. And to know that Hashem is with us in all our Yaakov and our Yisrael experiences. Yaakov has to walk long and far. It's a long journey. And that's why he's called Yaakov. Yud, 
God's name is connected to him in a cave as he goes through the most mundane of activities in life. And that should fill us with great joy. That there's no such thing as just a cave, heel work, slog work. It's all been set up by Hashem. Hashem is in the bear. The bear is Hashem. Hashem is in the challenge. He created the challenge. Nature is Hashem. There's no such thing as, well, what do you expect? That's how things go. No, everything's been designed by Hashem. So we are born as Yaakov. We are born to work hard. And the mother who gives birth, she's the one connected to making sure the details are in place. Every detail joins together to create a nurturing home, a nurturing environment. You can't just say, I walked into a building and now it's home. You can't just say, I walked into a room and now it's a kitchen. You can't just say, I walked into a room and now it's a bedroom. We make a place that's comfortable for our family, detail by detail. It's endless. And when we say, Yaakov, or Beit Yaakov, Elu Hanoshim, these are the women. These are the women who walk through the minute-by-minute raising of a family, raising, creating, building a home in Israel. And the Yisrael, well, when we say Shema Yisrael, there's an explanation, a Hasidic explanation that says that that word Shema actually is also an acronym for three words. Three words in the Navi, in the prophets, Se'um Aroim Lift your eyes beyond the heavens. Lift your eyes way beyond. And the rest of that passage, Ure'umi Bara'ele. And see, visualize, understand and realize who created all of this. Nothing is outside of not only what God created, but what he creates right now. Shema Yisrael. Become a Yisrael, even if you're busy doing the Yaakov work, the slog work, the mundane work. Do it with joy, because you are a Yisrael. Lift up your eyes, Yisrael. Become a Yisrael. And what is a Yisrael? Every letter in the word Yisrael stands for a word. Yesh, Shishim, Ribo, Otiot, La Torah. There are 600 letters in the Torah, and each one of us has one. Each one of us completes all of creation, for the world was created with the Torah as a blueprint. Each one of us has a portion, a part in this world, a part in the Torah, and a part in carrying out God's mission in making this world a dwelling place for him. Yaakov plus Yisrael. How the world sees us and how we see ourselves. An awesome, incredible journey. And this parsha teaches us that each one of us needs to be both. There are the moments of putting your head down and doing what needs to be done. Although the world seems 
not to understand, it will one day understand. And then there are times of open Jewish pride. But at the same time, let's always remember who we're dealing with. We're dealing with creations of God. We need to deal with them as if they are a Yisrael. Deal with them as if they are royalty itself. So here's a story which I really found inspiring. A man came to the Rebbe, and he asked the Rebbe for a blessing for a cousin who had unfortunately been diagnosed with cancer, Rahman Litzlan. And the Rebbe said, Our sages teach that a person's physical state can be affected by his spiritual condition. Tell me, what is your cousin's level of observance? Well, the man responded, she's not observant. So the Rebbe said, encourage her then to take a mitzvah upon herself. Can you suggest, for example, that she begins to light Shabbos candles every Friday night? And the man replied, well, I believe she already lights Shabbat candles. And the Rebbe's response is startling. As though he were personally offended, the Rebbe said, then how can you say she isn't observant? Wow. The deeper meaning of the word mitzvah is not command, but connection. And two parts of this story are just amazing. Number one, to know that a person's physical condition, our sages teach us that somebody's spiritual condition can affect their physical state. Of course, that's why we give tzedakah, especially when someone's ill, God forbid. Of course, that's why we say tehillim, and we try and get them to give some tzedakah and them to do an extra mitzvah, put on tefillin, etc. But more importantly, how can we judge someone's connection to Hashem? A mitzvah means a connection, and on that connection, many, many blessings will flow. And one more story. A young man came to meet the Rebbe, and the Rebbe said, what do you do? And he said, I'm a student at university. I'm studying for a master's degree in education. That's special, the Rebbe said. I, too, attended university some years ago. So the man was surprised. He said, so what did you study? Theology. No, said the Rebbe. I studied electrical engineering, and his smile was broad. He said, but I prefer to turn the lights on in people's souls. And then the Rebbe said, you see, every human being has a soul, a divine spark that burns inside of them. Sometimes a person moves away from his inner light. It might even seem that the light of his soul has been snuffed out. But the soul is like a pilot light. It never goes out completely. All it needs is for someone to fan the embers with love, 
until their spiritual fire begins to burn again, because the soul of man is a flame of God. We are Yaakov, but we are Yisrael. We are an actual part of God above and a part of the Torah. We light our candles tonight at 628. Shabbos will be out at 722 tomorrow night. And remember, every mitzvah is a connection. Good Shabbos.